Hello, my name is Roy Cantoray. I'll be your host today on Archer Talk 101. Today, you will learn how to select and tune your arrows. Uh, so let's get started with uh, recurves and longbows. Start with those. And now that type of bow, you can use wood, aluminum, or carbon shafts, uh, depending on which bow type is. Uh, uh, that can determine some of that too. But um, what you want to do when you're selecting your arrow, so you want to look at the peak weight of your bow, what you're being drawn at. Uh, depending on your draw length, that weight is going to change a little bit. So you, you want to make sure you have the weight that you're drawing it at and add a little bit more to it just to make sure you're there. The point weight, when you're selecting arrows, there'll be a chart, a spine chart that will tell you what to do. Um, you want to make sure you have the correct spined arrow. If it's uh, too weak, it can flex and then it can break. So you want to make sure you have the right spined arrow. Now, when you're shooting a, a long bow, you're going to fletch. Uh, the fletching will come in contact with your rest um, all the time. So you want to make sure you're shooting feathers. Feathers are more forgiving than veins. With feather fletchings, as they come in contact with the rest, they will fold out of your way. If you use plastic veins and they come in contact with the rest, they don't move out of the way and they'll cause your arrow to deflect. Uh, this deflection will cause erratic uh, arrow flight. So next, let's talk about a little about the compound bows. Now these bows are you have the most options and can also be the most confusing to uh, set up. So the first thing we'll look at is you want to know the peak draw weight of your bow. Uh, you may not be there, but you want to make sure that you know what the peak is, just in case you do turn it up. You want to make sure you're not all of a sudden have an underspined arrow. So that underspined arrow, just like we talked about earlier, they can uh, deflect too much, they can break, and you know, not a good thing when they break. So what you want to do is is uh, also look at the cut length. How long you're going to be cutting your arrows? Uh, generally, that's your draw length. Uh, that's really close to what you're going to do. It's what your draw length. Now, if you're to measure the distance from where your hand meets the riser, uh, that would be, you know, right there at the point where your hand is closest to the uh, rest. Uh, that's the jump of the first point away. Measure that to the string or the knock is at full draw, and then you're going to add about an inch and three quarter to that, and that's where you're going to cut your arrows. And that should be what your draw length is as well. So a couple different ways to get there. Uh, what this will do is put the arrow in front of your hand. Uh, the reason you want that is if the arrow falls off your rest while full draw, you want it in front of your hand and not back behind it. Because if you all of a sudden you get back, you draw that bow back, and your arrow is sitting down on your hand, down, down you know, wherever on your hand, and you shoot that point, it can get stuck into your hand and go through it. And sometimes if you got the points on there, they get stuck in your hand. It's kind of hard to get them off. So you're stuck at full draw and, and trying to figure out how to get this off your hand. So you want to make sure that it doesn't do that. Now, the best way to select your arrow is look at the spine chart. Um, pretty much all your boxes will have a chart on them. So what you can do is you're going to take and look at the chart. You're going to find your draw weight, your point weight, and move over to your draw length. And this this will give you the shaft that you want to use. Now, if you land in between two different spined arrows, uh, you want to go with the stiffer one. Um, 
you know, it's part that can be adjusted once you go into uh, your tuning and see it. But I would start off with a stiffer one. It makes it uh, a little safer for you. Uh, now, as for the spine shaft number, you can't just go by that. Some will say, well, you need a, a 3 to 40 shaft or you need a 300 shaft or 400 shaft. You can't always determine that because some manufacturers, the higher the number, the stiffer the shaft, while others, the lower the number, the stiffer the shaft. So look on the box. That would be, tell you your best way to know which arrow to use. Now I'm going to consider the arrow tolerances for straightness. Now that's measured from the, the tip to tip of the shaft. And you're going to see numbers like 0 0.001, 0 0.003, 0 0.06. And sometimes, you know, you get higher ones. Now this is the number of the straightness tolerance uh, on this shaft. The straighter the tolerance, the tighter the groups. Uh, both these tolerance also comes a higher price. As an example of 0.01 shaft that was able to get my broadheads to shoot in the X-ring. So I tried some 0.007 shafts. The same setup, the best group I can get was staying in the 10 ring, which is about a three inch diameter. And so you can see that the difference in straightness will determine your groups. Now, if you're a beginner, uh, your skills probably haven't fully developed. So going with the cheaper ones might be a good option because what you're gonna do is you're gonna end up losing some, breaking some while you're learning your form. Uh, once your form gets done, then look at the higher tolerance ones, more expensive ones, straighter ones, and you'll be amazed how much tighter your groups get just by getting a straighter shaft. Now, for what type of arrow? You want a carbon or aluminum arrow? Uh, nowadays, carbon is an arrow shaft that is easy to find. And aluminum ones are getting harder and harder to find. So unless you have a reason to use aluminum, I'd go with the carbon arrows. Uh, they're just more readily available. And you know, back when there was either wood or aluminum arrows, I would get a dozen arrows that group real tight groups, even for, you know, breaking knocks. Um, and by the time the next season rolled around, uh, I'd be lucky to get three inch groups. You know, I'd always buy a new set of arrows uh, right for hunt season because I wanted the straightest, best shafts. So I, so I knew that the shaft wasn't causing any errors. It was all me. Um, now, what, what's happening with aluminum, if you take and keep flexing aluminum, it gets weaker and weaker and it'll eventually break. So as you're shooting a shaft, there's a lot of flexing going on. If you've ever seen slow motion of, a, of an arrow being shot, be amazed how much it flexes. You know, in this problem, uh, you know, carbon's to the rescue. Um, on a carbon arrow, it's either straight or broken. That's the advantage of the carbon. Uh, they, they don't change over time. Uh, so you, whatever you're grouping when you first buy them new, uh, they're going to keep grouping that same group, you know, short of, you know, if your fletching gets messed up, you know, that can affect them as well. But now last we're going to cover uh, crossbows. Now the crossbows, they're actually called bolts instead of arrows. But the crossbow, you need to select the bolt, uh, correct style of knock. Uh, there's several different style of knocks. There's flat ones. There's half noon ones. There's uh, and then there's a couple other styles too, but the most popularly they're flat or half moon. Uh, now, when you, if you don't use what's recommended, um, a lot of them have a scope on them as crosshairs, and the space between them is set based on the bow, the crossbow's manufacturer's recommended arrow weight and point tip. Uh, 
so if you change your point tip or your shaft, that's going to change a bit. So generally, you're going to set those crosshairs to be 20, 30, 40 yards, depending on how many is in there. Now, if you change that and you've got a different weight, uh, you're going to set your top pin at 20 yards, but that range between the spacing between them may not be 10 yards spacing. It might be 12 yards or it might be 8 yards. Uh, you won't know until you shoot it. Now I'll start into the tuning part of, of uh, this podcast. Uh, we're gonna, we'll start with the recurves and longbows again. And what, you, what a lot of people will do is they'll start with what's called bare shaft tuning. What you do is you take your arrow with no fletching on it, just your point, your knock, and you shoot it, make adjustments um, in your your arrow and you know where it's knocked. You might move it up, move it down. You might change your rest. The the whole all that can change. Uh, then once you get a good grouping and it flying good, it appears to be good, then you're going to put some fletching on them. Now, you know, that's that's a good idea, but you're adding your fletchings. You're generally going to use feathers because if you don't, you're going to have lots more problems once you put them on. Uh, the fact that you're adding your fletching now come in contact with the rest, and you may have to make some additional adjustments after you put the fletching on. That's uh, just something you have to check. You're not just all part of it. You've got it really close and the fletching, uh, you know, can help. What the fletching will do is it helps stabilize the arrow in flight. Now, next we're going to cover the compound bows. Uh, you can also do bare shaft tuning on those. Um, when you add your fletching, you'll have to uh, retune depending on the style of rest you're using. You'll have to adjust the fletching alignment to match the type of rest you're using. Now, you have uh, several adjustments to make to align the arrow to the rest and and the travel uh, string, string of the travel. Uh, with the modern bows, they have what's called a center shot design riser. And what that means is the string is traveling in the direction of the shaft. Now, with the older compounds, the string was traveling directly towards the riser. So the arrow had to point slightly out. And to compensate for this, they put a button on the side which the arrow would ride on and force the back of it back in because it was doing it was pushing the tail end uh, into the riser and just forced it back out. Now, here's uh, three basic types of rests. There are those with 100% contact with your fletching and your arrow uh, during your flight, uh, like the Whisker Biscuits is one brand name. Um, you know, to partial contact, ones that have a couple of pins that hold the, the shaft but don't come in contact the fletching, to ones that have 0% contact. Um, those are your drop-away rests, and they all have their advantages and disadvantages. Um, now, on the 100% contact rests like your whisker biscuit, the biggest disadvantage, you won't get as good a groups because you have constant contact with the fletching. And you can use feathers on those, or you can use veins. But as your veins get a little messed up or anything, they're going to affect your flight, and you do have contact with them all the time. Um, now, some took uh, that same type of design and put on three pins to contact the shaft and three points to try and uh, solve that problem. And, and now for the fork types. Uh, lots of times there'll be two pins that hold your shaft to separate it out far enough that your fletching can pass in between and above and not come in contact uh, with the, the the fletching at all. Now, biggest disadvantage is that the arrow can fall off your rest, which we talked about earlier. You don't want the arrow to fall off. Uh, 
And now the advantage is they're not in contact reflecting, so you'll get the smaller groups that you're looking for when you're really wanting to get nice tight groups. Now let's go on to the dropway rest. Uh, the advantage is they're more difficult the disadvantage rather it's more difficult to set up if it's not set up correctly you're not going to get a arrow fight because it all depends on that shaft being set uh, perfectly in line with the arrow travel the string travel uh, so if that's not there then it's not going to fly very well the advantage is you have no contact with the arrow at all so if it's set up right you have no contact with anything on your bow and you get a really good arrow flight you can get some really good grouping that way now that brings to the point of how the arrow should be aligned with the rest of the string. Uh, now for the best flight, you want to release, use a release and a loop. Now you want to tie the, the loop one knot above and one knot below the arrow's knock. Uh, and the rest must be adjusted so that the direction the string travels in a direct line through the arrow to the point. There's a couple of jigs for setting this up. It's really nice. Uh, now, to illustrate this, what I want to do is, is take and lay a pencil on the table. Now take your finger and push from the back of the, the pencil. Now push it, start off with pushing at an angle and see what your pencil does. Then take a different angle pushing it. Now try your finger pushing direct line from the eraser to the tip and see which arrows. That is what we're looking for when we adjust an arrow, whether it be a drop away, uh, a whisker biscuit, uh, you know, the full contact or the partial contact ones. That is how it should be set up. Now let's cover uh, the fletching styles. Do so you have right helical, left helical, straight, offset? Uh, when, you, when using feathers, you don't have as many options because a right wing feather has to be right helical, uh, offset, or straight. You can't use left helical. Uh, the, the natural curve of the feather is lined up for right helical. So if you want to do left helical, you have to get left wing feathers. Now most stores, uh, you're going to have right wing feathers only. Uh, they don't normally stock left. Some some of your bigger stores might. Uh, now for veins, they can be fletched in any style because they're, they're not determined on whether it's a right wing or left wing. Uh, but you do have to consider the diameter of the shaft because the carbons are generally way smaller than what the old aluminum was or even a wooden one. Uh, so now then your offset is only a slight offset or helical. You can't have a real strong helical uh, just because of uh, uh, clearance of your rest. Now, that'll depend a little bit on the rest style. If you use a drop away, uh, you can have a little bit more helical on it, uh, but then your shaft is going to determine that. You can't wrap your feathers around there very well most of your jigs won't allow you to to do that they just don't curve far enough and lastly we're going to go over the crossbow there's not much to tune on a crossbow uh, you have the knock uh, can goes one of two ways uh, but the fletching determines the alignment of the knock uh, many crossbows have a groove in the stock where one vein goes in and that kind of that's the only way it can go on. It can't go the other way because they're just not set up that way. Now, the only adjustments uh, would be the point weight. And you shouldn't substantially di different that, different that, go different than what the recommended or comes with the manufacturers. Now, now one thing I, I know a lot of people talk about arrow balancing center, center point of the gravity on the heavier tip. 
Now, for those of you that are using uh, your archer equipment at your 20-yard range, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You're not going to have enough effect to really make a worry about it. But if you're going to start shooting at 80 yards, 100 yards, uh, now then the center of flight can be a little different. So you want to start playing with that and see what's going on. So now if you'd like any other uh, tips or advice, uh, now please join the Archer Talk 101 Facebook group. I'll put a link in the description, description below. Uh, once again, this has been Roy Canterbury, your host on Archer Talk 101.